Well, today, how do you go about creating income? Today, we're going to take a look. Stay tuned for Prudent Money. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prudent Money Radio Show. I'm your host, Bob Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. Well, if you got financial questions, I have answers for you. A couple ways to get information. You can go to the website at www.prudentmoney.com. There is an email section. You can send me an email with a question. We've been doing that for decades. And if that is, you know, some email, some questions, some situations are a little bit more involved. That is where level two comes in. And you can go on to my calendar. You can put uh, some available time. I save some each week. And for no cost, you can uh, block that time. And uh, we'll set up a phone conference. And we'll talk through your situation and make sure that you have and make sure that you have some answers so that you can figure out what your options are. One of the biggest problems that I see today with people and finances is the lack of information. I want to make sure that that is not a problem anymore. So that's why we want to make prudentmoney.com the source for information for you. That's off the website, www.prudentmoney.com. I received a, an email that I think is uh, a question that a lot of people have. And it talks about the Federal Reserve Board and interest rates. It says, could you explain the whole interest rate process on whether the government cuts rates, increases rates, or leaves rates alone? It is very confusing to me. Well, it's very confusing to a lot of people. The chief function of the, uh, or let's say one of the chief functions of the Federal Reserve Board is to control, monitor, and implement implement interest rate strategy. In other words, control interest rates. They either cut rates, raise rates, or just leave rates alone. And what they adjust is the what's called the federal funds rate. And they do this uh, just about once a month. I think they skip maybe two, one or two months a, a year. But they raise rates, cut rates, or leave, or leave rates alone, which they'll be doing that tomorrow. The, the uh, market loves it when the Federal Reserve Board cuts rates. But when, that, when they cut rates, they bring, they stimulate the economy by lowering borrowing costs, interest rates, which is the cost of borrowing money, and that stimulates economic growth. They raise rates... When the market gets too hot, because when the market gets really hot, prices start to come up. It's all about inflation. Of course, as you know, we hear so much about that in, in today's news is inflation had gotten out of control. So the Federal Reserve Board raised rates a number of times to get inflation back into control. And according to their numbers, not the real numbers we all live by, but their numbers, they've been affected. So the market wants them to cut rates, and uh, there's, uh, of course, a lot of predictions that will happen next year. I personally don't believe that it's going to happen like uh, the market thinks it's going to happen, and the reason being is if you cut rates, you would signal to the psychology of the stock market, the mortgage markets, and the bond markets 
that this thing's going to get hot and it's going to start blowing up again. The mar- the economy's going to take off. The uh, the bubbles are going to come back. Remember, we had investment bubbles of all times of all types. They called it the everything the bubble of bubbles or the bubble of everything. I think that's what they called it before the market topped in January of uh, January first, two thousand twenty-two. And that is exactly what we don't want to see happen. Absolutely do not want to see those bubbles start to come to the surface and start bubbling bubbling up again. So that I think that's going to be the big problem because, generally speaking, bear markets correct those problems. They correct the bubble problem. They fix it. And this particular bear market, I would suggest, did not do anything, especially to the psychology of, uh, of the market, fix anything. So we'll see what ends up happening. But I just seriously doubt the Federal Reserve Board wants to put themselves right back into that spot again and uh, by, by doing that. So we'll see. But that's what the, uh, what the Fed is in the spotlight because the markets want them to cut rates. They want to make it an easy way to assess debt, to grow the economy. And uh, quite frankly, I can't see any reason to, uh, to cut rates. And uh, as far as raising rates, I think just by doing nothing and by signaling that they could raise rates, that would kind of take care of the, uh, the, the uh, would help take care of inflation. I, you know, the problem that we have with the inflation that's left is that interest rates are, I believe, are not going to be sufficient to take care of what, uh, what we have left in inflation. It's going to take more of a economic recession, a fairly deep one, to uh, take care of that. But hey, it's just my opinion. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what, uh, what what happens here in the future. I think next year is going to be a very interesting year. Much less throwing on top of that the 2024 presidential election. It's even hard to say that 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 uh, didn't believe that that's going to be happening. But that is going to be the situation. And. Boy, it's going to be a doozy. I was having uh, breakfast today with Chuck Bentley. Uh, Chuck comes on the program. He's visiting in Dallas, visiting family for Christmas. And I just really uh, felt uh, very blessed to have that time with Chuck. We He comes, he's the uh, CEO of Crown Ministries, also a very uh, published author. And he uh, uh, comes on the program once a, once a month and talks stewardship and personal finance just, just super great guy, and we were talking about everything that's uh, that's happening, and we're just, and and the, the what I, I said to him, I said, Chuck, you know, if you look into the future a year from now, if we're sitting at this table, what would we say we couldn't we couldn't believe that happened or we didn't see that coming? And I think it's going to be that kind of a year. <clears throat> so the back to Rachel, quick, I something I want to mention is that whether or not the Federal Reserve Board moves the federal funds rate, the bond market can raise rates or lower rates by the, by the way interest rates or bond prices go. Remember, if bond prices go down, interest rates are going up. And if bond prices go up, interest rates are going down. Mortgage rates who follow the bond market 
and the Federal Reserve rates, Federal Reserve Board rates, Federal Funds rates, excuse me, I'll say it that way, really haven't moved that much. There's still, it looks like today I, I took a look at 7.35%. And that surprises me a little bit. I really don't know what that means, but that does surprise me a little bit. I thought that they would have moved down quite a bit more than they, than they have. But it's a wait-and-see game. Like I said, I've got my opinions. Uh, the market's got their opinions. We will see what time will tell. Hey, this is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Let's talk a little bit about income, because income is the name of the game for retirees, obviously. How are you going to produce income? If you're five to ten years away from retirement, how are you going to plan for income? What are you going to do today that's going to set in play, set in motion a way to create an income cash flow because that's what you're going to have to live off of. I started off with uh, my my headline. Let me say it that way. My headline today was going to be, what are the top five ways to create income? I came out with six. The top six ways doesn't really sound that great. So let's start off with the top uh, five, and I called three. I said uh, three and a half. <laughs> So we'll see. Uh, there's, there's actually six. Number six, least favorite, uh, we'll go from least favorite to uh, most favorite way to create income. Bonds. Now, you're going to say, why would bonds not be the best way to create income? I would say for now and into the near future, I don't believe bonds are going to be the great, the best place. I don't think that that interest rates are are uh, are done going up. And remember, when interest rates go up, bond prices go down. I think that the biggest risk that we have to us today lies in the bond market. So <clears throat> I, th- I would shoot bonds way up closer to the top. But for now, I just don't think that that's the environment to, uh, to be getting into bonds. I'd be very careful with bonds. Plus, the... Uh, in order to get the kind of interest rates that you really like to get, you're going to have to pay a premium for bonds. And I just don't know that it's, that it's worth it, especially with the risk level as, as is in the bond market. Number four, income riders. Now, an income rider is something that you will find associated with a fixed indexed annuity, which is a type of annuity that makes a part of it a way to create income in the future. So basically what you do, you put your amount of money into the fixed indexed annuity. And from that, as it grows over time, so does this income rider. And the bigger that income rider gets, the bigger the base gets of, uh, of growth, the larger and the longer you wait, the, the larger the guaranteed income will pay out for the rest of your life and the rest of your spouse's life if you set it up that way. Now, this is not to be confused with what's called annuitization of, a, of an annuity where you lose all control, you uh, lose death benefits and all kinds of things. Nothing like that. It's just simply an income rider. Once again, the purpose of this, to create income down the road. But there's a litmus test that you've really got to, that you need to run those numbers through 
which I will talk about on the other side of the break. Hey, this is Bob Brooks. We are up against a break. Stick around because I'll be right back. This week on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie presents a fascinating message called What I Would Tell My Younger Self. What guiding principles are important to share with the younger generation or any generation? Insights from the most requested messages of the year on A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie. A New Beginning, weekday mornings at 7.30 here on KDKR. Dynamic, practical, life-changing. There's no point in going to church and not letting the Christ who gave birth to the church on the day of Pentecost change your life. Join us each day as Pastor Paul Shepard applies the timeless truth of Scripture to everyday life. It's Destined for Victory on this great station. Weekday afternoons at 3.30 here on Bible School Radio, KDKR. Welcome back. This is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. We're talking about the top six, couldn't get it down to five, so six, ways to create income in retirement. Talked about bonds, number six, uh, we're going from least preferred to the best, best method. Bonds, we talked about income riders. And the one thing that is very important to do is to take your plan and to implement your plan with the income from an income rider at a certain age and see what the numbers, how the numbers play out. This works a lot like Social Security does in that it's, uh, except for it doesn't keep up with inflation. And that's the only downside to it. But it does grow in a lot of cases like Social Security does. The longer you wait, the better off it is. So that would be my number uh, six, five, so fifth, fifth spot. The fourth spot would be simply a growth strategy. Let's say that you, and this is, this is getting kind of innovative, more so uh, you don't really have to use this as much today as in the past when interest rates were rock bottom. <clears throat> and excuse me, and there was nothing that you could, uh, there weren't whole, a whole lot of options. If you needed to grow your portfolio by four or 5%, because let's say you're taking a 4% out or 5% out, you simply get, when you get to that point of getting that kind of growth on your portfolio in a year, you take that money, you capture the growth, and you put it into a money market. And you hold it for this next year or for your coming year, whatever you need to, to capture for that, that uh, particular year. But it's simply once the, the portfolio, and of course the, it only works if the portfolio is growing, then you capture that money and you set it off to the side and use it to replace uh, your cash flow at some point. So that, that's the next one. The, the uh, next one, and this is more of a... Of an idea, of a when I say idea, an idea that's been around for a long, long time. But more of uh, pop culture finance uh, would uh, would support this is dividend-producing stocks. I mean, it's pretty simple. Stocks that produce dividends do produce, predict cash flow, and you can take these dividends off of the the stocks that pay, you know, either every month or every quarter. 
and you can use it to live off of. And pop culture finance makes this sound like it's a slam, slam dunk. All you have to do is find a dividend-paying stock. It works. The only problem is, is the stock can still lose quite a bit of money in a down market, which could end up influencing whether or not the board continues to pay a dividend. I mean, there's a lot. It's, it's a little bit more complicated than that. What's interesting today is that dividend-paying stocks, if you looked at the the exchange-traded fund that follows, that mimics, excuse me, dividend-paying stocks, it is actually down in value today. So dividend-producing stocks have not done too well, and uh, which kind of takes away from the, the point of, of receiving a dividend. But that would be my next one. Then my top two, believe it or not, money market funds, when you can draw 5% off of your money market, that's not too bad of interest considering. Now, this you can't compare this to other times in, in history. There's been obviously way better times uh, of interest rates. But today in this environment and what we've been used to coming up to today or this year, 5% interest rate is not bad. And you can always take that out, that interest off the, the uh, money market and, and use it to, to live off as cash flow. Now, the downside to that, is there's nothing that guarantees that interest rate will stay at 5%. It could go down. And if, if the Federal Reserve Board started cutting rates, that would happen. That rate, I believe, would for sure fall down and decrease in value. Not the money market, because the money markets aren't designed to, to decrease in value, just the interest that they're paying on it. Then the number one spot, and uh, you know this is, this is uh, as it is today, in 2023, uh, may not be so, you know, five years from now, but at least today, and that is fixed annuities. Now, when I say fixed annuities, I mean the annuities that are about as vanilla, no bells and whistles, no gotchas. They act like a CD. You put the money in, the money earns the interest. It's for a guaranteed term. You can take the interest off if you're 59 and a half and older without penalty. And it makes for a great, a great uh, source of income if interest rates are high. Fixed, you can get a fixed annuity today paying 6% in interest locked in for 10 years. That's really a good rate, making it uh, number one on the list. The, uh, really, the downside could be Something happens to the company, but uh, there's, uh, there's state-covered plans that insurance companies are, are a part of that cover uh, an insurance uh, company failure up to $250,000. According to the state board of insurance, you're not supposed to use that as a reason to purchase annuity nor to market an annuity. Just to throw that out there as a disclaimer, but it is the way the states are set up. At least I know the state of Texas is. And it is, uh, I mean, that could be the problem. The next issue could be in 10 years when it, when your rate lock is over, interest rates could be 2%, 3%, who knows. But for now, it's a great way to get a guaranteed rate and grow money over the long term. So uh, number one on the list is fixed annuities. Now, when I say the word fixed annuities... 
Make sure you don't get that confused with fixed indexed annuities, the annuities from the 90s, because you have to, and fixed annuities in general. And you have to remember there's several different types of annuities, so you need to know which one you're talking about. The one I just described is about as innocent as they get. They, there's just there's nothing to it. It's a, a fixed rate, a guaranteed rate, locked in for a term, no gotchas, goes away, the, uh, the rate goes away at the end of the term. They, uh, you can get as little as 5.95 or as much as 5.95% on a five-year guarantee. That's another, another number that's current as of today. But the, uh, the basic, the horrible reputation that annuities have dates back to an annuity called the equity index annuity of the 90s. This was the world's worst investment option that you could possibly imagine. And it ended up that it was misrepresented by, uh, by advisors and the product was a horrible product to begin with. Uh, uh, um, consumers didn't understand, understand how it worked. And it led to lawsuits. Finally, they dropped the product. It was a very bad mark on the annuity industry. So people hear all these bad things about annuities, and they say, well, I don't want to do that, when it's a really a shame. Now, let me say this. Annuities even today still have a reason they have a bad reputation because they, there are a lot of bad annuity products out there. I, I, I've seen them. But there are also a lot of really good annuity products out there that are a good fit. But they, the, the key is they have to be a good fit for the client. And they have to be a good product, a very good product. And what I see is really two problems with one in particular, probably the most, the highest selling type of an annuity that people invest their money into is that fixed indexed annuity. Not to get into the nuts and bolts of how it works and all those good things, because I would rather you not change the channel. But the, the key is, is that the insurance company has control over how much you make or you don't make on an annual basis. So you definitely want to make sure that you are careful what insurance company that you that you pick. And as far as fixed index annuities go, it's hard to say. Uh, but I, at, at the end of the day, they it's important to have the right expectation of what your return could be. And what ends up happening is a, a lot of advisors set those set those um, expectations a little too high. And so uh, investors get upset, upset about it, then they find out or realize maybe they forgot or they just uh, look and see that they are in a 10-year surrender charge period and they can't move their money out without big losses or anything like that, that could happen like that. So therein lies uh, a couple of the problems. Once again, they are a, a great alternative good and uh, a, uh, a good type of investment. You just have to make sure that it is the right thing for you and that it makes sense for you. And if there's a match, it's worth looking into. If there's not a match, there's certainly not worth looking into. But uh, just remember, 
take every type of annuity at its own merit versus what has historically happened to equity index annuities in the annuity market. Because uh, not all annuities are bad. That's, that's uh, unfortunately where you get, that's the message you get from pop culture finance. And I know for a fact, there's some pretty good ones out there, especially the fixed ones paying guaranteed rates. That is a, has been a really good uh, product. And hopefully we'll see those fixed rates stay in place uh, for a while longer. Hey, this is Bob Brooks, and you are listening to the Prudent Money Radio Show. Thank you so much for joining me today. You know I do appreciate it. If you got a question for me, please go to the website. There's a couple of ways to get information. If you uh, just want to do it by email, you can go send an email in, and we'll get you taken care of. That's pretty easy to do. been doing that for years. And I uh, just recently introduced a new way to do this by getting on my calendar. If you want a short phone call, there's no cost to it. It's my way of helping and making sure that prudentmoney.com is a resource to help you with all your financial needs. That's off the website, www.prudentmoney.com. Well, we are all out of time. Until we do meet again next time, keep the faith and have a great rest of the day. That's all the time we have for today. Questions or comments for Bob or to find out more great information like what you've just heard, visit www.prudentmoney.com. Be sure to join Bob Brooks again for the next edition of Prudent Money.